Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Awaken the Wonder Podcast. This is Danilo speaking again. Today we're going to continue with the Worthy is the Lamb conference. This is a separate session that Caleb preached over at the River Claremont. Get comfortable because this one's a bit long, but it's so worth it. All right, y'all. Enjoy. I wanted to start off tonight's session. I felt uh, a prophetic word the Lord had given me recently, so I'm just going to read it right here. But um, I want you to just, you can close your eyes or just receive it, but I, I heard the word acceleration is coming, acceleration is now. And I believe that for those of you that have come tonight, I want to just release this word, but um, the Lord is about to literally blow things open like we've never seen before. And I just want to get this word into your heart. And so I'd ask you just to receive this. You can close your eyes and and listen or or whatever you want to do. You can record me saying it if you want to play it back later. That's up to you. But this is, um, the Lord gave this to me on February 21st, and it's called Acceleration is Coming. So acceleration is coming. Keep watch. The return of the Lord draws near. The King is coming. He is ever watching. For those who are keeping oil in their lamps, I see acceleration. Before his return, there will be a redeeming of the time in many areas. And in some places, some cities, and some nations, things that need to take place spiritually. He is ready, his available bride to take spiritual territory. In Jesus' name, come on. Watch for an increase of callings into the ministry, evangelism in the corporate world, billionaires turning to Jesus and funding the advancement of the gospel, massive wealth gain, and repositioning in places of power and prestige. Not for your gain, but for his kingdom advancement. He intently watches those whose hearts are his. And as it happens with you, do not flatter yourself thinking of your own fantasies, but fearlessly advance forth his agenda on the earth. As you are called, don't look to be the man, the number one, or the head of these new kingdom movements. Some are called to be the number two and to be in support roles to a vision greater than yourself. Serve well. Lay down your lives in service to a forcefully advancing kingdom of God. Put positions in the way we view things are not the way that God views them and sees them. Humble yourselves. Put your personal opinions aside and be a part of his kingdom plan. Corruption will continue to be exposed in the church house, the schoolhouse, the white house, and the money house. Watch for those with oil in their lamps to be repositioned to new positions of authority in society. Again, this isn't for your own gain, but it is the vehicle to move his kingdom forward. Don't forget this make, and make the mistakes of some of our predecessors. His return draws near. Don't just be ready, but prepare others. Be generous as you prosper. Teach others to prosper. The hour is late. The time is now. Things that used to take years will take months. And something that, some things that take months will take days. Obedience is too important right now. Let's love him with our whole heart and trust his leadership even when we do not understand his ways. Say yes to his desires for your life. Acceleration is here. As it happens, it's not about you. 
Remember, it's all about him. Be ready to use the tools, positions, prestige, finances, influence that he is giving and providing for his glory, not for yours. Acceleration is now. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord is raising up a time right now for people to begin accelerating like never before. You heard it in the previous sessions. I I was so amazed at what the Lord put on my heart for this morning, what he put on Pastor Caleb's heart and Michael Dow's heart. All of them just seem to be completely intertwined (laughs) and how God is doing it. And even Pastor Caleb was just saying, quick obedience, quick obedience, quick obedience. Um, I remember uh, uh, a couple of years ago, the Lord had asked me to go on a plane ride and um, I, I didn't know anybody in the city. I didn't know anything there or anybody in the area. I didn't, I literally didn't know one person. And I said, well, most of the time when we would travel, we'd go to a church and we'll minister or, you know, partner with an organization or something. But he had asked me to go on a plane trip to a city that I, I never went to for any reason. And I got on, I felt it very clearly. And I was like, Lord, that seems like, like a, a, an improper way to spend funding, you know, like, to like, you know, spend money in dollars. Like I could, I could save a few hundred dollars on a plane ticket for going to some random place. I ended up traveling there in faith and I went. I didn't pray for anybody the whole day. I didn't, I didn't have any meaningful conversations. Nothing seemingly happened in the moment. I booked the first flight out, last flight home and literally spent the whole day in the city and nothing seemingly happened. And I got back that night, like really discouraged. <laughs> that, like I must have missed the voice of God on this thing. And the next day in my prayer time, I said, Lord, what, why did you ask me to go to this city? And uh, no answer. The next day, Lord, why did you ask me to go to the city? Three days, four days, five days. And eventually I just dropped it. He was not answering. And it was about three weeks later, he began to speak to me. And he said, uh, he said, Caleb, and I, I saw a vision of me going to that city. And I, he said, Caleb. He said, thank you for going to that city. Thank you for loving me. And I said, um, yeah, God, I didn't like love you. I just, I just like obeyed what you said to do, what I thought you said to do. Oh, <laughs> oh I obeyed you. <laughs> if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And this revelation just began to flood my soul of obedience to what he says to do. It's actually really rare in the earth, he told me. (laughs) When he says something to you and to me to do something, when he puts something on your heart, many times we immediately try to process through what he is saying on how we are supposed to do it. And we plan for 18 days on why it may or may not be a good idea what he said to do or how we thought maybe he said to do, because it doesn't make sense in our natural minds as if he's not God and we are not. I'm amazed that, as I think right now, that the ocean waves around the world right now, they continue to stop at the borders, that the uh, the ocean borders around the planet everywhere. They continue to stop right now at this present day for the last 6,000 years because they're obeying a command that he spoke at creation, the waves are obeying him for the last 6,000 years because he said it once. He hasn't told them to stop stopping there. The sun continues to rise every morning because he didn't tell it to stop rising every morning. 
When he said, let there be light, it continues to come forth every single day. He said, let there be light and the universe continues to expand. Scientists, it's absolutely fascinating. Every time they think they found the end, they find that there's more that they didn't realize was there before as astronauts and astronomers look at these things and can't believe there's other galaxies and other places and constellations they never even knew existed. And I don't think it's that they maybe didn't almost come to the end last time. I think it's that it keeps expanding because he said, let there be light and light keeps expanding in Jesus' name. (laughs) Do you realize the vastness of our God? Do you realize how overwhelming his power is? How literally anything he says and does is proclaimed in his word and then it goes forth forever. His promises are sure. You can take them to the bank. My friends, you cannot lose when you cash in a promise from the Lord. Hallelujah. When you obey what he has asked you to do and you trust in his word, then your steps are ordained of the Lord and you will not lose in Jesus' name. I love uh, preaching out of Psalm 139 and I won't spend time there tonight, but Psalm 139, 5-7, it says that God is before me. God is behind me. His hand of blessing is upon me. I cannot get away from his spirit and I cannot get away from his presence. He is before me, meaning everything in my future. He is behind me, meaning everything in my past. And his hand of blessing is upon me, which is my what? So if he's before me and he's behind me and his hand of blessing is upon me, and David says, wonderful for me to understand in verse six. And then he says in verse seven, I cannot get away from your spirit. I cannot get away from your presence. Anybody figured out how to get away from that yet? (laughs) Friends, you can't lose. (laughs) You literally cannot lose. Like this thing is so rigged in your favor. And the only way, the only way that you step outside of that is to say, I deny it and I don't want anything to do with you, God. If you will obey him and you will lock in with him and you will do what he says, friends, The windows of heaven are going to just be favored upon your life. And once you have done what he says to do, are you going to stay the course and hang on to his every word? Anybody? Oh my goodness. I know I'm all about that because I'm going to do what he says and I'm going to hang on to it It, uh, through, through hell or high water. I do not care. I will go into hell with a squirt gun if I have to in Jesus' name. And we're taking everything out that the enemy throws at me because he's not bigger than my God. He's not stronger than my God. He has nothing on my God. He was created by my God. And he's a little minion and an ant under my feet in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to stomp all over his plans. And I'm going to cast him out in the name of Jesus as he tries to put wickedness on people's lives. As I go and travel the nations, I see the tears in people's eyes. I see the demoniacs that are so lost in their eyes. There's just darkness oozing forth from them. And at a word, let there be light. will wreck them forever. They cannot remain the same because they've encountered the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And can I say he's my friend? I can put in a good word for you if you want. Are you going to have the right attitude, friends, in your struggle? When you're hanging on to his word and you haven't seen the fruit of it yet, are you going to have a good attitude and trust in the word that he has asked you 
to believe in, and especially when it doesn't happen the way that you expect it to, right? Because that's where it happens. Oh God, I thought you were going to do this. I thought you were going to do that. And he answers the prayer and it doesn't quite look like what you thought it was going to look like, right? And we start to complain and we start to whine, boo, hoo, 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 hoo. And I'm not saying it ain't hard, but everything changes when you take him at his word. Because friends, you can take it to the bank every single time. He is so worthy. He is so holy. You cannot lose in his presence. And the beautiful thing is every promise that he has spoken is yes and amen through the power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Let's just get our eyes on Jesus for just a minute. I sense the spirit of God here right now. Holy, holy, holy. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this room right now. At the mighty name of Jesus, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to do what only you can do. Father, send your angels on assignment, we ask. Just begin to come into our midst right now. We thank you for melting mountains like wax in the presence of the Lord in this place. We cast aside all doubt and unbelief from this meeting right now. Anything that is in our hearts that is not of you. Right now, we just lay it bare before you and we say, have your way in this place. Holy, 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 holy. Holy, 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 holy. The woman, woman. Come on, just begin to pray in your prayer language right now. Mary, right now, just receive in Jesus' name. The power of God's all over you right now. Breakthrough, fire of God. Yeah, fire of God. You will not die before your time. You will live in Jesus' name. You will live in Jesus' name. Life. So totoro kosa, she totoro kosa drebe kese tere. So totoro kosa drebo kosa tarada. Undororo kosa indraba kasa tarada. Hu no 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 ya na na Sorrow, 
Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God cares more about your life than you do, church. He cares more about his promises than you do, and he cares more about the timing than you do. He cares more about the victories in your life that are to come than you do. He is so for you and so beyond your imagination that we cannot possibly begin to comprehend what he wants to do in your life. Friends, he has called you to slay giants for a living in the name of Jesus. He has called you to walk into the fires and not be burned by the, by the pressure and the power that is coming against you in this generation as, as, the, as the enemies camp uh, comes against you and an army besieges you yea will I not fear even when I walk in the valley of the shadow of death I will not fear because Jesus is with me friends can I tell you that you will not lose and you cannot lose if you turn your attention to the Lord he he is so unbelievably in love for you he presents you to God as a chaste virgin before the Lord and says, this is my pure and spotless bride. Friends, he is doing a work inside of your heart that cannot be overcome by any plan of the enemy if you'll just allow him to do it. Oh, we need the precious love of our heavenly father to just begin to overwhelm us. He doesn't condemn you, church. Throw your condemnations aside. That is not what my God does. John 3, 17, for God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world through Jesus. But to save the world through Jesus, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The Lord of heaven's armies is among us. I feel like the Lord wants to heal somebody of nerve damage. Nerve damage. Who has nerve damage? Nerve damage. Anyone with nerve damage, just come up right here. Nerve damage. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Just worship Him right now. Turn your attention to the Lord. Father, I just declare healing over every person. Just offer it to Him. I want you to imagine your life without your nerve damage right now. Just begin to imagine it right now. What would it look like to not have that nerve damage anymore? Now tell the Lord you believe for that. As soon as you see it, tell him I believe for that. And I bring my agreement with yours right now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Nerve damage, be healed right now at the name of Jesus. So ta-da. Healing. Every nerve restored right now at the mighty name of Jesus by his precious blood.
fire of God. Yeah. Head to toe right now, just receive. No more recurring effects in the name of Jesus, completely made whole. Finish the work. Completion in Jesus' name. Fire. Yeah, healing in Jesus' name. Fire of God. Healing power. Flood every part of your being. Be healed right now at the name of Jesus. No more recurring effects. Nothing left right now in Jesus' name. Fire of God. Receive now. Wholeness. Whole healing right now in Jesus' name. Every part. Every part. Every part. Every part. Finish the work, Lord. Fire. Oh, I feel the glory of God in this place right now. Oh my goodness. Turn your attention to Jesus right now. Just pray in the spirit right now. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. I feel like an electricity right now in my in my spirit right now. I just I know his lightning lights up the world right now. Father, I just pray that you would just electrify every person in this room right now, that you would electrify every part right now with the light of heaven. James 1.17, the fullness of the shining of the light right now in the name of Jesus. Just release your electric power right now in the name of Jesus upon every person. Head to toe right now. Receive fire. Fire! Just receive it now in the name of Jesus. Waves of glory right now. Waves of glory. Just receive. Fire of God. 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 Fire right now, receive in Jesus' name. You ain't seen nothing yet, brother. You ain't seen nothing yet. You think you know, but you don't know anything, man. Lay it all down before him right now. Come on. There is a breakthrough for you. There is a breakthrough for you. Come down, Jericho. We praise you right now, Father. There's no condemnation, man. There's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. Fire of God, fire of God. Shodro kosata tarase. More, 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 more. 
Brother, he's increasing your faith. He's increasing your faith. He's increasing your faith. There's new revelations for you. There's new revelations for you, brother. Oh, he loves you. Oh, he loves you. Yeah, I see you taking crazy steps of faith. He's blessed you abundantly. There's wealth coming to you. Use it for God's kingdom, brother. Yes. Yeah, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for mental breakthroughs right now. Every area, every part area of the thought process to take every thought captive right now, received by the fire of God. Waves, 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 waves. There's a breakthrough. Come on, just put your faith on heaven. Put your hunger on heaven right now. My Father who is in heaven, hallowed be his name. Your kingdom come. What's in his kingdom? There's wealth, there's abundance, there's healing, there's angels on assignment. There is streets of gold. There's righteousness and justice at the foundation of his throne. There is a sea of glass before him. Friends, everything is laid bare before my king. Do you know him? Hallelujah. Have some more. Have some more. Woo! Take a drink. Take a drink. Take a drink. Come to the waters. Take a drink. Rivers of living water flow up. Now we call them forth in the name of Jesus. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. Breakthroughs right now in Jesus' name. Breakthroughs, breakthroughs. I call forth abundance right now in Jesus' name. I call forth heaven's resources right now. I call forth the warehouses of the body parts of heaven right now to be released upon the symptoms and the sicknesses and the body parts you need right now. Receive. Receive. Oh, he loves you, brother. Yeah, take a drink. 
Take a drink, take a drink. Drink him in, drink him in, take a drink. Take a drink. Take a drink. Yeah, yeah. Rest. 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 Take a drink. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the thing I've made and it's all about you it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. Receive. Just receive right now, church. His promises are yes and they are amen. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do right now. Just yield to the Holy Spirit right now. We have to bow our wills to this mighty hurricane from heaven. We don't need more activities and food and potlucks. I'm, all, I'm a big fan of those. I like food, as you can tell. I love, I love it, actually. <laughs> That's why I haven't read Michael Dow's fasting book yet.
Friends, we need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we need the Holy Spirit. One touch from heaven, we are changed. I'm just changed in an instant in His glory. Oh, I have to see Your glory. I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the Lord, the King of glory. In Jeremiah chapter 12, there's a passage of Scripture. Jeremiah is the prophet of his day. And in the first four verses of Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 1 through 4, he's complaining to God. God, why do you let the wicked prosper? And why do you let them run away? And why do you let them do this and do that? And why about this person and Bad things about that person. Verse 4, How long will you let the, lie, the lands lie parched and the grass in every field withered? Because the wicked, because those who live in it are wicked. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the podcast today and all that God is doing with this Awaken the Wonder podcast. If you want to get the first two free chapters of my book, Hunger, you can go to kingdomencounters.us slash free. I hope you guys are blessed by this. Stay tuned for the rest of the podcast in just a moment. And he essentially says, God, you've forgotten about us. And there's this amazing response in Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, and he says this, If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with the horses? If you stumble in the safe country, how will you manage by the thickets down by the Jordan? Now, in this passage the thickets of the Jordan were tall grass taller than you and I the thickets of the Jordan was brush over six feet tall nobody could get through it without a machete right machete how do you say it <laughs> they were just hacking their way through it in Jesus name Woo, that's what it feels like down here man you guys should all just hang out at the altar I'm telling you it's thick right here Whoo, man. <sighs> Hallelujah. This place is anointed right now. I think Pastor Caleb's been breaking it in for a while, so it makes it kind of easy, you know. <laughs> Brush six feet tall, trees, large places, paths where nobody has ever walked before because man did not travel there. It was a place hiding with all kinds of living creatures from the serpents and the snakes that were ready to pounce from all of the different insects that were ready to bite and to kill and all the mosquitoes, which are the most lethal animal in the world for those that are wondering. <laughs> oh, that was an amazing trip. I had 18 mosquitoes in my room in Pakistan. I said, God, I release the glory of God. No mosquitoes allowed to touch me in Jesus' name. I was terrified. <laughs> I made it through four days without getting a bite. I don't know how that happened. 
I don't, I can't tell you why. <laughs> it's just, I pray it was the glory in Jesus' name. <laughs> I think he answered me. <laughs> you, would, you would have to walk for periods of five and 10 minutes long just to get 20 feet. Like, what would that be like from the end of this row to like the end of this row? Can you imagine walking for 10 minutes, hacking a machete like this, just to try to get to that side for 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes, you're hacking like this. Can you imagine how slow that would be to go by the thickets of the Jordan? And the whole time you're watching, looking if there's a snake or a serpent, you're looking if there's a a, a prowling lion in the grass, ready to kill you and slaughter you. They were out in the bush, friends. This was the thickets of the Jordan. None of this even included all of the, the, the stories from those days are that people that would go in there, they wouldn't return because they were eaten by wild animals. And so they were just forgotten about in the thickets of the Jordan. There were thorns and many other obstacles, large objects that were hidden there. There could be sinkholes or other things that nobody ever could have imagined. This was the thickets of the Jordan. And so people didn't go there. They stayed in the safe, uh, uh, trodden path that was walked upon, the walking paths, and stayed to the trail, right? You've heard the, heard the phrase, was it Ralph Waldo Emerson? Go and said, where there is no trail and make a path. Well, you didn't want to do that by the thickets of the Jordan. <laughs> people couldn't get through there without being completely hurt or even killed. And and God's response to Jeremiah's complaint is, if you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with the horses? Or other versions say, how can you run with the horses? It's believed by some on the more supernatural persuasion that Jeremiah was going to have supernatural foot speed. Maybe he'd be a modern day flash or something in order to run with the horses. Has anybody ever tried to run with a horse? You can't run with a horse, right? But God said that Jeremiah could. He was calling him to run with the horses, but he was complaining about the problems of men. If you stumble in the safe country where it's downtrodden paths and it's really easy and you can wheel yourself along with the beast that you're riding upon and you can make it through and get away in that moment. He says, how are you going to go to the thickets of the Jordan where I have called you to the remote places? And Jeremiah gets completely called out by God in this moment. Friends, can I tell you that we were meant to be a generation that runs with the horses in Jesus' name? <laughs> Can I tell you, we were meant to be a generation that runs by faith and does not walk by sight. A generation that is bathed in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. A generation that lives on the edge and lives in another reality in another kingdom. Friends, we were designed by God not to be residents of this place, but residents of another kingdom. And friends, we are to live from that place. We have 
been baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire and nothing can stop us. We become invincible in God's kingdom because if you get sick, you are healed. If you die, you do not die. You live forever. Friends, we cannot lose because God is before us, behind us and upon us and we can't leave from his spirit. We were meant to be supernatural nation shaking uh, superheroes against the enemy's camp in Jesus name. And can I tell you that the moment you decide to stand up for something is the moment life starts to get fun. I'm just, I'm sick of playing it safe all the time. When I was a kid, I thought I could be anything, right? And then you become adult and you tell kids you can't, right? You grow up and oh, I get smarter and wiser and I know it all now. You used to think you could be anything as a kid. I would want to be an ast- I actually, as five years old, I wanted to be an astronaut or a pastor like my dad. You know, my dad's here tonight. I'm going to wave at my dad. <laughs> and I guess I kind of went more into the pastor world, but in the, um, in the realm of faith, I do feel like I became an astronaut. <laughs> I had an amazing vision just a few days ago. It was actually funny. Danilo had no idea, our media guy. And I was taken, like, in this experience with the Lord. I get visions a lot, so if you don't know what a vision is, just roll with me. It's like a dream, you know. (laughs) I went up into outer space above the earth, and I saw, and there were two angels that had me, and they grabbed both sides of my arms, and they flew me across the expanse of the solar system. I was over by the rings of Saturn. I got to see it. It was pretty cool. We, we kicked it past Pluto. And then we like went into these other galaxies. And I started to just, my mind started to be blown at how small that I think. <laughs> I think my problems are something. It's like, it's not even a thing, guys. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, I like, I was actually in the vision almost feeling sick because it was so overwhelming. In the moment, my natural, my natural mind, even though I was in the spirit, like you're nat- you know, you're still in your natural, but you're in the spirit at the same time. Like I was starting to be like, what is happening? It started to overwhelm me. And I think like, I don't know, the angels knew my thoughts or something. And we jetted up into the heavens and I was standing in like somewhere in heaven and Jesus was standing there and he winked at me. He goes, is that pretty fun? <laughs> And we think we got problems. God, God has designed us. God has designed us to run with the horses. We have to realize that if the disciples from early Christianity were to get uprooted from their lives and oftentimes planted into our modern day situations and journeys, I often wonder if they'd recognize the Christianity that Jesus died for, you know? Because they lived so on edge and so beyond the realm of where we are so often, they believed that God could do anything. They gave their very lives for it. They were slaughtered for it. And without their sacrifice, we would not have a Bible and a word of God today. I remember going to the Holy Land experience over in here in Orlando, and they have this thing called the scriptorium there. And like the, what the word of God had to go through to survive and to get into eventually into English and other places, it's mind-blowing. People that were like literally on the very last 
breath. They knew people were knocking at their door and they hid a Bible underground and or hid it in a wall. And then 10 years later, somebody discovers it and carries on their work and then it carries it on to translate to Latin and then to English. And like, it's just nuts. People gave their lives for this thing and we take it for granted and don't even read it while it collects dust on our shelves. And to think that they gave their lives for this message of this man. Jeremiah had a calling on his life to go to the capital, to go to Jerusalem, but he was getting tripped up in the small towns of where God had him at the moment. He had a message of repentance to preach to the Israelites, but he couldn't get over the own hometown problems of not being seen as the prophet of the Lord yet. How often are we the same? (laughs) We complain about the church problems and the political problems and the turmoil of our days, all why people are dying and going to hell in need of a savior. And we play our church gossip games and forget what it's all about. Friends, we were designed for another reality, a reality that's so much beyond where we are in this place. Friends, if, if, if you could just for a moment, just imagine with me the vastness and the expanse of my God. He is so worthy that He was actually slain before the foundations of the world. How does that make sense? He was slain before the foundations of the world. His name is I am. What does that even mean? I haven't figured it out yet. (laughs) I get to preach him all around the world and I don't even get it. I am. When he said his name in scripture, everybody got decked to the floor. When he said, my name is I am, they all hit the deck. They all fell down. (laughs) Just when he said his actual name. The power of God that comes upon us and we wreck it for our good complaints about other people and other churches and other denominations and other things. Friends, can I tell you there's more to this life than what so-and-so said and what somebody did, the latest Facebook post of of a random person was, or what the latest thing that Joe Biden did or didn't say, you know. (laughs) Can I tell you there's more to life than that? And God has designed us for something so beyond that. I want to flip uh, briefly to John chapter 4, and I'm going to stick in the scripture for just a moment, and we're going to pray for people here at the end of the night. John chapter 4. Man, I feel the presence of God in this place. It's so thick. You feel that, Andrea? Oh, yeah. It's good, huh? (laughs) John chapter 4. Here we have John chapter 4, verse 4. It says... Now, they're talking about Jesus. Now, he had to go through Samaria. And so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour when a Samaritan woman came to him to draw water. And Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? 
Now, we know this famous passage, the woman at the water of the well, he ends up going down into this passage and he ends up uh, telling her, if you'll just ask me for living water, I'll give you living water. Are you the one our forefathers spoke about? And ultimately it goes down where Jesus says the time is coming where we will worship, the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. A very famous passage of scripture. It's a place where living water will begin to flow up in Jesus' name. And I love this passage, but the the fascinating part of this passage, it says in John 4, verse 4, it says, now, he had to go through Samaria. I find it fascinating any time that the Bible says that Jesus had to do something, right? It doesn't say very often, it's like Jesus had to do something. We know that he only did what the Father showed him and said what the Father uh, so it showed him and he only did that. And so it makes you wonder what he saw. Maybe he woke up that morning in the morning prayer time and he saw a vision of Samaria. And so he told the disciples, what's fascinating is if you, if you research the, the schematics or the map of the time, they went way out of the way to go to Samaria. They didn't actually, they could have went to another way. He actually went the long way to where they were going. I imagine the disciples were confused. Why do we have to go through Samaria? You told us we're going somewhere else. That's way out of the way. They probably begin to fight uh, with him a little bit, but hey, he was Jesus, so they did it, right? So it's fascinating, though, because if you flip open to the book of Genesis, chapter 33, we can actually see the reason that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Can I tell you that Jesus is worthy? Come on, somebody. Here we have in Genesis chapter 33, verse 18, it says that after Jacob came from Padan Aram, he arrived safely at the city of Shechem in Canaan and camped within sight of the city. For a hundred pieces of silver, he bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, a plot of ground where he pitched the tent. He bought a plot of ground where he pitched the tent. This is the very plot of ground that Jesus had to go to Samaria for probably 6,000 years later. There he set up the altar and called it El Olohe Israel. Verse chapter 34. Are you guys ready for this? It's powerful. Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, had born to Jacob went out to visit the woman of the land. And when Shechem, son of Hamor, the Hivite, the ruler of that area, saw her, he took her and violated her. His heart was drawn to Dinah, daughter of Jacob, and he loved her. And the girl, and, uh, and the, uh, he loved the girl and spoke tenderly to her. And Shechem said to his father Hamor, get me this girl for my wife. But when Jacob heard that his daughter Dinah had been defiled, his sons were in the fields with his livestock. And so they kept quiet about it until they got home. Ultimately, the story continues down and the sons of Jacob do a lot of bad things to the people. I'll just put it that way. (laughs) They were defending their sister, right? Dinah was violated on the very ground that Jacob purchased to set up an altar on. There have been times in our life where we have 
stood upon a promise from God and we have stood upon it knowing that he has given us a promise. And so we stake our claim in the ground and say, this is the hill that I'm going to fight on. We know God has promised us. Maybe it's a calling. Maybe it's something he's telling us about or something we're headed to. And we say, God, I'm staking my claim in the ground for this healing or this deliverance or this calling or this country or God, I'm willing to go into the harvest and this is the one I'm going to die on. For me, you could say my claim, my plot of ground is the billion soul harvest. That's what I feel God has called me into, the end time harvest. And so I'm staking my claim on this ground that he's asked me to do. And Jacob set up an altar on the ground that he bought and set it up as a place of worship before the Lord. I can imagine the communion and the beautiful moments that they had with Father God as they begin to sacrifice and worship him in this place. It was a beautiful place. But like the devil always does, he's always looking with eyes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And can I tell you, if it looks like stealing, looks like killing, and looks like destroying, this is the sure sign of the devil. It's actually his hallmark. It's what he does. It's what he's called to do. And every time you decide to stick a plot of ground and take a place of land in your life, that's something you're going to stand for. The devil immediately comes and he begins to test what it is you've offered before the Lord as an altar before him. And he tries to see if he can taint it, if he can twist it. We heard it with Jesus. You heard the other speakers talk about it. They said, if we can just get them to sin and eat of the fruit and then we can twist and try to break the blind coming to Christ for the pure, holy lamb of God. They were trying to spoil it all along. They tried to make it happen with sin. And there was so much corruption in the world. Noah is called to build an ark and save his family because the world had become so corrupt and so crazy. He had to start over. This is what happens when it comes to fighting for righteousness. And can I tell you that if you decide to take a stand in this generation for something, I hope it's to follow the obedience of the voice of the Lord for what he's asked you to do and not for some uh, self-serving uh, thing that you see on the news or some family member said something or whatever. I hope that you'll put it on God's hill and die on God's hill in Jesus' name because that is what he has called you to do. Jacob Cost, it cost him something for Jacob to buy the altar to set this up for the land. And just like the devil does, he came and destroyed and stole from Jacob a beautiful place of worship. And he tainted it and violated his daughter. But can I tell you, friends, that Jesus had to go through Samaria. John chapter 4, again, Jesus had to go through Samaria. Say that with me. Jesus had to go through Samaria. <laughs> this is good. The enemy's going to do everything he can to stand against what you have staked a claim on in this life and presented to the Lord. And he's going to kind of steal it from you. He's going to try to do everything he can to taint it. He's going to try to take your place of worship. He's going to try to take what you've offered to the Lord in faith. He's going to try to make you diminish everything it is that you've set your eyes on. 
Can I tell you, friends, that the enemy loves to do it because you look like you're made in the image of God because you are. He can't hurt God, so he comes after you. The moment you begin to stand for something and fight for something, he looks at you and he sees God because he can't touch God and so he tries to get through him through you. You are made with the very fingerprints of God upon your hand. It says when he spoke everything else into existence and it, it was simply as it was, it simply had to say it. But when he made you and when he made me, he got down into the dirt and he formed man from the dust of the ground. Can I tell you, you were made with the hands and the very fingerprints of God. Pinch yourself. Go ahead. Yeah, it's beautiful. You were made in God's image. It's amazing. So the enemy wants to violate you. He wants to do everything he can to corrupt you. He has it out for you. We don't need to be afraid of him. We don't need to focus on his plans. But can I tell you that when you place your life as an altar of worship before the Lord and say, God, I am going to be a Romans 12, 1 and 2 living sacrifice that's going to willingly lay myself on the altar. What is a living sacrifice? That's an oxymoron, right? A sacrifice dies, right? But it says a living sacrifice, a sacrifice that will willingly lay itself down and not get up off the altar. Friends, is that you in this place? If it's true, the enemy's coming after you, I guarantee it. But guess what? Jesus had to go through Samaria, friends. He had to go through Samaria because... He wanted to renew and restore something that had happened to Jacob years ago through his daughter. He wanted to restore through the very thing that had been broken through Jacob's daughter. This place of worship was beautiful. It was holy. It was anointed of the Lord. And God honored what Jacob did in that moment. And so centuries later, Jesus had to go through Samaria and he found a Samaritan woman at the well, at the plot of ground that Jacob had offered before the Lord. And friends, he came to restore a prostitute, a woman that had been violated, that had multiple husbands. And he restored the very thing that happened to Dinah all those years ago and redeemed the woman. And not only that, friends, the entire city ended up turning to Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he used that woman to do it with. The enemy would not have picked on Dinah all those years ago if he would have known what was going to happen with the Samaritan woman. Friends, can I tell you that Jesus had to go through Samaria? If you have built an altar with your life, if you have laid yourself down, can I tell you that God has a plan for your life and Jesus had to go through Samaria? If you've staked a claim in an altar on the Lord, he's coming through in your situation in Jesus' name. If you will not doubt, if you will not give up hope, if you will not set it aside, can I tell you, he's coming through in Jesus' name. He's before you. He's behind you and his hand of blessing is upon me and on you. He can not take you down if you will just stay under that hand of blessing. Does anybody know that Jesus loves them in this place? <laughs> Woo, man. I'm looking forward to looking forward to praying with people in just a moment here. It's impossible 
to have courage without fear. Because courage simply means overcoming fear. It's a definition. Fear isn't the thing that cripples you. It's when you allow it to cripple you and you don't take a step of faith that it begins to cripple you. The initial thought of being afraid of something is just simply a thought, but you can take it captive. (laughs) Jesus, or God told Joshua to be strong and courageous and to keep being a man of courage. It's okay to be afraid in a season because you don't know what's going to happen. It's when that fear takes a hold of you that everything begins to change. Friends, if you will say, okay, God, I'll be honest. This is how I'm feeling right now, but I trust in you. (laughs) That's where everything begins to change. There's a story told of Alexander the Great. You know, he took over over half the known world back in the day, a war military hero of his day. Um, Depends on what side of the coin you fall on, if he was a good guy or a bad guy. But but he took over the world. (laughs) And there was a story that there was this soldier that had actually fallen asleep on a shift. Now, uh, Alexander the Great was the mighty war hero. So he, you know, he stayed over in his nice place of uh, a nice uh, part of his housing. And he didn't really go over to the jails and villages. You know, he had all his people to do all that. And so he just let them monitor their situations. But for whatever reason, one night he decided to go take a walk. It was late at night and he comes upon this uh, a soldier that, is at their post and the soldier is asleep on the job. And Alexander the Great says, soldier! And the soldier immediately realizes that he had passed out on the job and he's now looking at Alexander the Great in the eyes, not just his boss or, you know, somebody else. It's like the boss's boss's boss, the the head honcho, the chief enchilada, right? (laughs) He's staring him in the eyes and he knows he's dead because this was a crime punishable by death. And as legend goes, Alexander the Great looked him in the eye and said, Soldier, what is your name? And the man immediately stood up confused and knew he was dead. And he stood up at attention and looked Alexander the Great in the eye. And he said, Sir, my name is Alexander. And Alexander the Great looks at him again and says, Soldier, what is your name? He says, It's Alexander, sir. He says it again, Soldier, what is your name? Alexander, sir. Alexander the Great ponders for a moment, looks at him again and says, Then either change your name or live to honor it. God has designed you and he has wrote destiny upon your lives. Before you were ever born, you can look at Psalm 139, 16. The days of your life were ordained before you were ever born. Before uh, God knew you before you were ever born in Jeremiah 29. He knows the plans he has for you, declares the Lord. Like, Like this thing is so rigged in your favor. And if you will just simply obey and trust in the Lord, friends, his promises are sure to come and they are sure to pass at the name of Jesus. It does not matter if you are the youngest, 
if you are the oldest, if you are the most overlooked, if you are the, the greatest in your family or the least, the most inadequate, it does not matter where in this life you fall. It does not matter what your mom said or your dad said or your grandma said or your uncle said. It doesn't matter if somebody violated you or if you've never had a like heart, if you've had like one sin in your entire life. I don't know. It does not matter where you fall in the spectrum. If you're in the mountain or the valley, if you're facing Goliath or you're in a shepherd's field, friend, it does not matter. But if you do not live up to what God has designed for your life, friends, can I tell you, he's going to find other people to stand in the gap for this generation, but not on my watch. Because as he did, said with Jeremiah, friends, he has called me to run with the horses, to go to the thickets of the Jordan, to the hardest, darkest places on the planet, and to see light shine in the darkness. And friends, I know that he's designed it for you in your workplaces, in your jobs, in your communities. There are people I, I know that have been called to the ministry and you've let it go. You've put it to the side. And friends, this is not the hour of history for you to say, oh, I'll wait till my kids get older. Oh, I'll wait until they graduate. Oh, I'll wait until we are financially more stable. Oh, I'll wait. Do something today to take a step in that generation to honor the call of God on your life. Friends, change your name or live to honor it. As Alexander the Great said, you don't need to change your name. You need to live up to the destiny that God has called you to. And we cannot do it alone. If everyone can stand on your feet right now, we're going to close this conference just praying for people right now. But I like each of you, and it does not matter what it is. It does not matter what your reason is or what your statement in the ground is. It could just simply to spend more time with your family. If one of the singers could come help me out too. I lay or somebody, yeah. <clears throat> I would like everybody here to close this conference to put a stake in the ground for something. to make an altar before the Lord in an area of your life that you need to say, this is the area, this is the hill that I want to offer before the Lord and build an altar on. And I'd like everybody, whenever you're ready to come to this altar, and I want you to symbolically make an altar here before the Lord. And as that happens, we're going to begin to pray for people. We'll sing a song and then I'll begin to lay hands on people. I'll ask my, my Kingdom Encounters team, all of you guys to come up here as well and to pray for people. If you guys could come up here to the very front right now. <clears throat> and um, we're just going to lay hands on you guys in just a moment. But before we do that, I want everybody here to just build an altar right here at this place. And it could be, I want to spend more time with my family. I need to, I need to win my family back to the Lord. Or I'm going to share Christ. Or I'm going to be obedient in this area. I'm going to do something that God has asked do that you have dropped the ball on, or maybe you haven't dropped the ball, but you want to take a step of faith and to symbolically plant a stake in the ground to say, this is a place of altar and worship. And friends, when the enemy comes, you can stand your ground and say that Jesus paid for this altar <laughs> and he's, he's going to watch over it in Jesus name. But if you can close your eyes right now, and then I'll open the altars up and just begin to say, God, what is it you're prompting in my heart to stake a claim on? Jesus is worthy of anything it is. 
It should be your entire life. If it hasn't, if you haven't done that already, I know we have given salvation calls throughout the day. And I believe everybody here has given their life to the Lord. If you haven't done that, we want to pray with you. Make sure you come find me. For those that are here, that are believers, and you say, look, I need to, um, I need to make an altar today. I need to give Jesus this part of my heart and make an altar here. It's my time. It's my attention. It's my lack of faith in his provision. It's my call to ministry. It's my call to business that I, I've dropped it. It's my call to be an entrepreneur. God wants to use all of the different things to advance his kingdom in the earth. And this isn't about a matter of what's better or worse than or anything like that. This is a matter of you before the Lord today to say, Lord, I want to make an altar in this place. That's a place of worship to you. And on this plot of ground, in this area, I'm staking my claim from this moment forward that I'm going to worship you and to praise from this place in my life. And as you just begin to pray before the Lord right now, I just ask you to go ahead and do that. Yeah, KEI team, if you guys can just come up here. Just begin to close your eyes. Just begin to ask the Lord, what is it you want me to stake my claim? And as soon as you have an answer for that, as soon as you know this is the area that I'm going to offer before the Lord, I just want you to come down to the altar and just begin to come here and just lay it down symbolically before the Lord. And you can kneel, you can lay, you can stand. It doesn't matter. It's not, it's not about any of that. It's about your posture before the Lord to say, this is the place I'm staking my claim. I'm building an altar here today. Friends, Jesus had to go through Samaria, which means he has a righteous indignation to redeem the ground of anything that would try to come again where you build your altar. <laughs> and he wants to defend that altar because it's valuable to him. It was valuable to Jacob, so valuable that centuries later he came to redeem it. And if I could just say this too, just stop the complaining. <laughs> we don't need to do that anymore. God called us to run with horses, all right? Let's let little people do what little people do. We're going we're gonna to live above that, right? <laughs> In Jesus' name. <laughs> our words have power. We've got to start declaring the promises of God over our lives. So Father, right now, as people begin to pray before you, I just pray you'd begin to reveal in their hearts what it is that you would have them to offer to you today as a place of worship and an altar before you today. As we take this next five minutes or so with this next song and just, and just begin to allow this moment of response, God, I pray that this would be a holy moment that would change the course and the destiny on people's lives today. God, that they would step into the fullness and the complete fullness of the calling that you have for them today. God, that they would not walk in lack anymore, that they would not walk in fear anymore, but that they would walk in victory from this moment forward, that this place of worship, this place that is set apart for you, that, would, that when the enemy tries to steal and kill and destroy from it, Lord, that they would not be worried about those things, but Lord, that they would look at you and realize that you have come to give life 
and life more abundantly at the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would just begin to renew them and restore them and put a holy, righteous indignation in them that is going to defend this plot of ground from the enemy, that they would stand as David's mighty men did in the field and say, I'm not giving up like Shama and say, I'm not going to give up an inch even in this pea patch, God. This is the plot of ground you have given me to defend, and so I will defend it. Shama saw victory, David's mighty men, because he fought for his plot of ground. May you do the same with this area that you build your altar of worship before the Lord. Maybe it's family, maybe it's time, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's something with ministry, maybe it's a place of service, maybe it's that God's told you to be a nursery worker in the church and you haven't done it yet. I don't know, but you need to do something to obey today. And so as we sing over the next five minutes or so, just begin to respond and As we uh, uh, transition from the song, we will begin to lay hands on you. And we're going to pray for impartations over you of declarations to join with you in faith, but also, also to see victory just come upon you in this area and, and to pray for anything else that God may need for healing, for deliverance, for victory, for breakthrough, for prophecy, whatever it is. Our team up here has been praying for you guys for weeks leading up to this conference. And so we believe that this is a day of destiny for you. We've been receiving throughout the day, but this is an integral moment to this conference. Jesus is worth everything that you would offer him. And I would even say, if you haven't yet, to give him your entire life tonight and say, Lord, whatever it is you want, that's where I'm building my altar tonight. Thank you for listening to Awaken the Wonder. If you enjoyed today's show and want more ministry like this, please visit kingdomencounters.us where you can find weekly blogs and my latest book, Hunger. Be sure to subscribe and follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at the tag Evangelist Caleb Wampler. If the Lord leads you to partner with us in the nations in prayer and giving, visit kingdomencounters.us. I'll see you next time.